You're listening to the Retirement Lifestyle Podcast with Chris and Susan Beasley. Hi, it's Chris and Susan Beasley here with Living the Retirement Lifestyle Podcast and Web Show, where we bring you some of our favorite friends and entrepreneurs from all over the world who we've had the pleasure of meeting in some amazing circumstances. So tonight's guest, take us back to 2015. Chris and I have been listening every single day to a podcast, funnily enough, inspirational, motivational, success-minded, and we just absolutely loved it. And on that same year, we took a trip unexpectedly to Curaçao. Never heard of the place. Sat down to dinner on the first night and we heard this voice. And I said, Oh my goodness, that's JT DeBolt. So that is our introduction to our fabulous guest tonight, who we have now known for five years, and we hope for many years longer. But he has championed us as entrepreneurs for most of our life online. He is an amazing, inspirational speaker, writer, and mentor. We have the privilege of being mentored by him. And tonight we want to ask him to share some of his wisdom around courage of change, um, particularly from doing something you loved and ended and had to transition into something new. So without further ado, we have the lovely JT DeBolt with us tonight. Hello, thank you very much. It is awesome awesome to be in uh, be in your energetic presence. I know it's virtual, but uh, I almost feel like we're in the same room it's when I'm with you guys, you know? It's brilliant. It's, awesome. it's amazing that we have these technologies, isn't it? And it does literally feel like we're in the same room and you get the same energy as well, um, just by your eyes and the way you speak and everything. I think it's just well, you fabulous. can see each other. Though. I know, it's, it's brilliant, it's brilliant. So one of the things that we did over 10 years ago now was we made a huge transition from being accountants and management consultants to all of a sudden becoming online entrepreneurs online marketers as it turned out and you know for us that was that was a huge change but i think one of the benefits we had that we worked together and we made the decision ourselves together that we were going to do it but i think for a lot of people you know when you start to talk about retirement and we were in our mid 50s when we got started or when we made the change and we made the change because we were you know 2008 2009 big recession big pain we'd lost our property <laughs> portfolio which was our retirement pot if you like that was going to be our our um our rest of our life sort of, you know, sitting, back, sitting back and, and doing yeah. all these things. But of course, it didn't quite pan out that way. So we had to find something else. And so we had to make a decision. And I think the challenge that a lot of people have, and, you know, if you're in your 40s or 50s or even 60s and 70s, you know, it's a, making, a, making a change like that that is significant um, because you've got a goal at the end, but you're making this change that all of a sudden you're in this comfort zone over here and now you don't know anything about what you're about to do you've just taken the plunge what's your sort of thoughts on making sort of decisions like that jt 
You know, this is a great question. I, it's so interesting because as you were telling your story, I remember 2008, 2009, literally being in that situation. My wife Mia and I had invested in real estate, which was not where you wanted to put your money. Mm-hmm. And we suffered the turn, you know, the, the consequences of the downturn, just like a lot of folks did. And it sounds like, like you did as well. And it was a really frightening time. You know, for me, I just transitioned out of the military. I'd left a full-time paycheck. You know, every two weeks you get paid on, on, on the spot. You don't have to worry about is the boss going to pay me or not full benefits, medical, dental, all that kind of stuff had a brand new baby boy to concern ourselves with. We had a three-year-old daughter. So we had, you know, small children. Uh, and you know, what most people would look at as a very steady, uh, and it was, you know, uh, income. And now you're faced with this chaos, this time of, you know, financial and economic chaos and the, you know, people losing their jobs, losing their homes and these things. And, that kind of a transition, just making a decision to that point to, you know, we couldn't see that we didn't have a crystal ball. And at the time we made the decision to move on from the military and to go into entrepreneurship with no safety net, <laughs> we were literally behaving and, and, and carrying about as like the way I like to say it is as if, you know, it was like, we're just going to do this. We're going to make it happen. I think one thing that you brought up is a very uh, legitimate concern, a reasonable concern for people to have is, you know, like it doesn't really matter what your age is, but it feels like the longer you're around, the more, the more trips you do around the sun, you start thinking, well, I've had so much life in, behind me. How much do I have in front of me? Mm-hmm. I've gained so much over these years. I've saved, you know, I've, you know, created a reputation in my career. What if I lose all of that? And so that's reverse thinking, you know, like a rear view mirror thinking. The other way is going, well, how much time do I have left? Or what, it doesn't matter how much time you have left because nobody knows, but it's like, what is coming next? There's no way to know if there's another recession or another, you know, anything coming. You may be able to kind of predict it, but when you're making a decision about your transition in life, your career transition, you're thinking what might happen, but there's really no way to know. So you can't grasp the past because it's gone. You can't grasp the future because it hasn't happened. Really, the only thing you can go off of is what's in front of you now. The thing I would encourage people to do is you have to make decisions and choices, two different things, based on what you have internally. Skills, experience, wisdom that have come from your past. The vision the hopes, the dreams, the plans that help you build the future. That's what you have right now. And if you focus on those things and you build your future around the things you've learned from the past, the skills you've developed, then you have a really great shot at making whatever you want to have happen in the future come at you. As opposed to making a decision based on what you think you should do. Well, I don't want to do this because I don't want to disappoint these people. Or I don't want to look foolish here. Or, well, I had this, this career and I'm throwing it away. No, no, no. It's about what you're going to do now based on who you are as a person, what you've developed skill-wise and and wisdom-wise. Yeah, I mean, one of the things you brought up there I think that's really important is people start to think about what will other people think? And I mean, when we we shifted, you know, we were talking to our friends and family and and their answer was, just keep on working, it'll be all right. (laughs) well exactly it's gonna be all right because we'll just be doing this time for money working as consultants or accountants until the day we die and we don't want to do that 
But worse than that, I think, and part of it was our own fault at that point, and I want to bring this up because I think this a lot of this goes on for other people, is we didn't exactly tell them what the real problem was. Like you, JT, we had been rightly advised at the time, and it was a good decision at the time. We can't blame anybody else. We had invested in real estate in the United States. It was a, you know, it was growing like wildfire, and we saw this as our future. Mm -hmm. And nobody in the world could have predicted what was about to happen. You know, we can look back on it now with gratitude, actually, because we would probably never have changed what we were doing had mm -hmm. we not had that. But we didn't tell everyone the full story, and it was only as our entrepreneurial journey continued. And we were still keeping that side of it a little bit mm -hmm. under the table and quiet. But we realized that actually through not sharing our biggest pain that led us to the decision, we were doing a disservice to other people because you, the garden isn't rosy everywhere. You can't just tell the good bits without telling the bad bits and why you move from A to B, the good to the bad, you know. Mm -hmm. And, and how important, I mean, how important do you see that? You mentor a lot of entrepreneurs and you must see this all the time when you coach them on their storytelling. I will say this, uh, perhaps one of the most important things you have as an entrepreneur is your story. Not just the story itself, but your unique way of teaching it, telling it. So, so whatever has come about through your life, in this case, you know, what you're talking about with real estate, you can teach that and talk about that story to people that aren't even building a real estate business or have no interest in doing that. You could talk to them about, you know, if they're building a, a, a you know, a sandwich franchise or if they're building a online business where they're going to coach other people. Probably the single most important thing I think we can all do as business owners is convey and teach what we've learned from the past. And, you know, it's, it, there's the old saying, it takes a village to raise, you know, a child, it takes a village to raise a leader, whether that's a, an adult or a child, whether they're a business owner or they're, you know, they're going to go out and be, um, you know, a civic leader or, or a teacher or anything like that, where they're going to do something outside of the realm of business. But in business, it's especially important for us to be able to go, okay, here's what, here, here's what actually happened in my life. Here was the pivotal moment. Here's what it meant to me. My, you know, my big takeaway, here's what I learned from it go forth and apply it to your life. Every single person has the capacity to do that. It's one of the most amazing gifts that we have as human beings is this, the art of storytelling. You can become really great at storytelling and, and tell compelling stories, but the brain, the human brain actually activates in a different way when we hear stories over just facts. So if I say to you, okay, so the year was 2009, uh, this was what we had invested, this is how many houses we had, this is what happened uh, around June of that year, and I start going into the stats, you're going to go, okay, cool, you take a bunch of notes. But if I say to you, you know, it was approximately nine months after I'd left the career of my dreams, my childhood dream, and my wife and I had these, you know, small children, and we had put everything financially into our lives, our past, you know, all of our savings went into building this business. And it took less than nine months for us to go from combat decorated naval aviators with college education, you know, you know, almost a six figure income to being flat broke, applying for, uh, you know, financial aid and eventually having to uh, 
declare bankruptcy at the what most people would consider your prime years feeling completely crushed emotionally feeling that that disappointment feeling like we'd let people down feeling like all those people you know friends family that were saying don't do this you're crazy you should stick with your job were right and we were wrong you know you start telling a story like that people are like whoa they're just there to lean into it what's most important is what happens after that though you've told the story that person has the opportunity to experience it through their lens and they can then go, well, if they made it, maybe I can, or, Ooh, I'm going to sidestep that one. I was about to do the same exact thing. Maybe I need to take a pause and think twice before I make that step. And it saves them that pain. So you have this tremendous like opportunity. And I almost feel like it's like responsibility. If you've been down the path of life, you've done enough, you know, left turns around the sun, so to speak, enough rotations where you actually have that ability, but do you have the courage? You know, do you have the leadership to actually share that message? That that's the interesting question. Wow. You know, something that comes out of that, that absolutely springs to mind as, as we're talking, I mean, at this time that we're recording this, let's face it, we are November, 2020. We are in the midst of a worldwide pandemic. Um, we none of us know where our future is right now or how it will be controlled. And I think something we were talking with our mentor this afternoon, and it's about the fear around that, that there are so many people out there who do want to become entrepreneurs, whether they're uh, going into a career change approaching retirement or whether they are in their 30s and thinking of change but there is this fear that has been instilled in us because of this situation we're finding ourselves in i mean i'm sure you must have some thoughts on that because i i know that this is something that you, that is right up your street yeah i love this question <laughs> and, and and it's funny too because uh you know i like to think of it this is probably the question people are asking themselves more and more. You, you know, you bring up the current situation in the world and I think it doesn't matter where you are on the planet, you're experiencing it. It's, I, I made this comment uh, before the whole, uh, you know, uh, virus broke, outbreak came about was when, the, when a hurricane or an earthquake hits, it's very centralized, it's regional, you know? Oh my gosh, it affected those people. If you're not in that region, you kind of step back and you, it's abstract. You're like, ooh, that's terrible. Their house got wiped out by the hurricane. Well, with this, you're like, uh, it's happening to everybody. We're locked down or the economy's been hit or maybe your profession, your career has been somehow impacted. Hopefully not with your health have you been impacted, but I would dare to say literally every person that's alive and breathing is impacted and is experiencing this. Whereas when it's something devastating, like an earthquake, a tsunami or something like that, it's regional. So you kind of go, mm, that's terrible. You still have empathy, you know, hopefully. But in this case, everybody's feeling it. And it kind of comes down to like the three W's, wish, want, and will. So a lot of people are like, man, I just wish we could go back to before. Well, you can't, there's nothing. We can't put Pandora, you know, Pandora's box open. We can't close it. We're here. This is what we got. I wish that I didn't have this. I wish this didn't happen. And that's a very reasonable and natural thing. And I think it happens to every single person at some point, whether you've hit threshold and you're fed up and you're burnt out, or maybe it's the very first part and it's that shock and awe of, oh my gosh, this is happening. Well, the next question is, okay, so you may wish for this, but what do you want to have happen? 
it takes the focus off of the the shock and awe or the trauma or whatever it is. You may not love what you want, but what do you want? And I think so often we don't give ourselves that grace. We don't give ourselves that headspace, that opportunity to actually go, well, what do I really want? Well, I want for this virus to go away. Okay, that's awesome. Now let me ask you a question. Inside your realm of control, what you can control, what do you want? That's different. Yeah. Now we have some power. We've taken the power back before when we say, I wish we give our power away. And that's where the fear comes in because we're like, we feel powerless. There's nothing I could do about this. This is so frustrating. I feel overwhelmed. Well, guess what? When you say, well, what is it you want? Now we bring it back into what we can control. Hey, I want this to go. I wish I want my neighbors to, to pick up their trash. I want the, you know, the economy to work. I want the president this. I want that. Okay. Okay. But what can you control? What do you want for yourself? Now we take a deep breath and we think like a leader and we start talking about what we can control inside our lives. Once you get control of what you really want, you start focusing on it, then you can then effectively answer the next, next question and that is, what will you do about this? What will you now do? And this is not a what do you will to have happen to you. It's not a what do you wish, pray and hope. It's what will you take action on? That, my friends, is one of the most powerful places you can be because the stress has a tendency to evaporate. The fear has no place. There's actually no space in that moment when you're taking the action and you're in that place of saying, this is what I will do. Again, if you say, this is what I will do, now fear has to sit in the back seat and shut their mouth. They can't be in the driver's seat. It's impossible because you're physically there. I will get on my Facebook account. I will go live. I will share my story at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. Awesome. Now the question is showing up and actually physically doing it. And when you physically do it, you may have a whole different set of fears, but at least it's not the fear you had before. Not, I wish it was gone. I wish this, I wish that. Now you're in this driver's seat and now you're just going, I just want to keep the car in the front lane. I don't want to crash into anything. Different set of fears. Now we're actually in forward progress. Now we're doing something that's effective and something that can actually get you somewhere. You know what I mean? So it's the wish, the will, or the wish, the want, and the will. That little, you know, graduation is what will get people out of that fear-based thinking and start getting them proactively thinking like a leader. That's wonderful. That's it, it's so brilliant that you use the three W's because we use the three W's in storytelling. Okay. And it's the same transition, same transition, isn't it? We start mm -hmm. with. What was it like? What was it like or what is it like? What happened? What happened? And what's it like now? What's it or, like now or what or will it be like? like if I do X, Y? I love it. That's beautiful. So, yeah, I mean, that really that really fits so beautifully. So I know, I, I know your time is so, so super busy and I know you've got loads of mentorship calls and that, but I cannot let you go without talking about your book here. Oh, uh, thank you. So come on, tell us how did you, just a, a brief, why did you write it and who is it for? You know, it's funny, I didn't, in, in my life, like in my craziest, wildest dreams, the last thing on earth, if you'd have said to me when I was eight years old, someday, what do you want to do? I, I would have never said write a book. The year before I wrote the book, if you'd have said, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? I never would have said write a book. What had actually happened was a really crazy story is I was speaking on stage at an event, a book launch for a fellow author. He was a, another military veteran 
a local guy had asked, he said, dude, I've heard you speak. You're great. I'd love to have you speak at my event. I was super honored, very humbled that this particular gentleman asked me to speak. And he gave me a speaking spot that was like the second from the, so there was the one guy that went before me and then I was the second guy. And then they had the one follow on speaker. The guy that went before me was amazing. Like this dude rattled the rafters of the, of the, of the room. And I'm like, I'm supposed to follow that. So I got up and I spoke, I did my thing, come down off the stage. And in the back of the room, they had the stand up tables, the cocktail tables yeah. and uh, the author, the guy that we were there to speak for is signing books. And I'm, and my wife is there and she's waiting for me and she gives me the whole thing. And I stand there and she, she hands me a drink and says, congratulations. That was really great. And I'm like, thank you. This woman comes up to me and she goes, that was amazing. Your story is crazy. Um, can I buy your book? And I said, well, actually, I appreciate that the author's over there. And she's like, no, no, no. I know that. I published him. I'd like to publish you. Oh, she hands my me her, goodness. He hands me her business card. Now, this is back in the day before, like now, I think self-publishing, you have so much more power, so much more control and so much more opportunity. But back then to get published was a deal, you know what I mean? So uh, not, not to take away from now, it's still a big deal to, to write and publish a book, but I was like, oh my gosh. So I had to kind of go into a different mode. And you know, we, we had a lot of conversations and discussions about that, but you asked the question, who was the book for? And she asked me the same thing. She said, you told that story last night. Who were you talking to? And I went, I don't know. I just sort of did my thing. She goes, no, I think you do know. Who were you talking to? Because you talked about all these different things, mental toughness, discipline. You talked about, you know, organizational follow through and how you actually accomplish missions. And that's where my, you know, I was kind of given the, the term, the mission accomplishment expert, which I thought was funny at the time, but I was like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I said, you know, I don't really know. I guess I'm talking to, and I kind of went through this big, long thing. She goes, actually, you're talking to yourself. You're talking to a high performer who absolutely cannot rest until they accomplish the mission. They go to the next thing and they go to the next thing. But you're also talking to somebody who might struggle with actually appreciating the fruits of your labors. You're talking to yourself. And I was like, okay, fine. I'm talking to myself. So I wrote the book, I think primarily because I felt the push. It was totally outside of my comfort zone and it was not a part of my vision. But when I said, I'm going to do this, I'm going to, you know, create the financial investment to actually make it happen is a huge commitment, the time commitment. And then of course the speaking tours and all the stuff that, that had to come with it. It was, I'm speaking to that person who is stuck in neutral or is, has hit a high level of performance and just doesn't feel like they've got, they've hit the top yet. They want to go to that next gear and then they get to that one and they go to the next gear, but not from a place of, insecurity and not from a place of of like obsession or kind of craziness a place from just naturally having that drive true driven drive you know so that's who it was written for and i had to have that conversation with my publisher because i was like you know what you're right i am writing this book for myself didn't realize it at the time but that that makes sense you know so that's sort of where the whole story of the book came from i really appreciate you guys bringing it up it was a you know, it was definitely a labor of love and it's something that I'm proud of. But at the end of the day, I'm as excited about the impact it's made on people like yourself and just the ability, again, to kind of prove the point. Your story has impact. You know, you there's a lot of would-be authors out there right now. People that are sitting there going, I might have a book inside me. And some of you I know that are saying to yourself, no, I would never write a book that might have a book inside of you or a movie or a speaking tour or a coaching program or some way that your 
background, your message, your, your history can help and impact other people. It's inside you. The question is, are you willing and generous enough to share it with the world? It's brilliant. And it's actually wonderful what you said, because when we wrote our book, um, The Mindset Shift from Employee to Home Business Entrepreneur, we intended it to be a, a teaching process, but actually it was us. It was, it was what we experienced. It was the fears that we went through. It was the mindset shifts we went through, the people who helped us along the journey and who we hope can help other people when they see themselves in that same picture. Um, I, it, it's really strange that you said that because when we read the book, it, it is you. I mean, because we know you so well, it, it, you, you just speak to us straight out the book and it's like you're here in the same room <laughs> telling yeah. us what to do and, and when to do it and how to do it. And it, it's, you know, it's really, really, really good. How, how, how can people get hold of your book? The please? Flight Plan to Success. You can find it on Amazon for sure. Um, we'll be actually doing a, uh, that's the second edition. Um, a new edition will be coming out soon. I don't know for sure when, because it's one of those big projects that uh, goes through a rewrite and a revision, but uh, they can find it on Amazon for sure. And uh, you know, I would love the feedback. If, uh, if you get something from it, let me know what you learned from it and what you implemented and how that worked for you. I'd be thrilled and honored to hear from people that would be that would be absolutely brilliant now i just want to finish off here with a quote that i picked up from from your facebook and i think it's absolutely brilliant way to end this and i'm afraid our cat vincent has joined in with us he's been staying with my mum for a week so he feels very lost he goes when things get crazy make sure you don't get crazy too what more can we say Yep, and I wish that was mine, but that comes from the great Jocko Willink, U.S. Navy SEAL, and uh, I thought it was apropos. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're in a in a situation like we're in right now, or you know, <laughs> anything that you're going on in your personal life. When things get crazy, don't make sure you don't get crazy. It's uh, keep true. your head and stay level-headed. Yeah, it's true. Let Let me finish off with one that. Um that I want to add because I just think it's, I just think that's really, it's really good to talk as well. And it just fits in so well. I just, I'd lost it. I had it on my phone and it is the best thing about the future is that it comes one day at a time. And that's from Abraham Lincoln. That's and thankfully, it comes one day at a time. Yes. Gives us the opportunity, <laughs> the opportunity to not just digest it and process it but also to appreciate it. Yeah. Sure. JT, thank you so, so much for joining us. Thank you to everyone who is listening to our podcast or who is watching us live on our web show. Please let us know your feedback. Tell us what you think. Let us know any questions you have. We promise we'll answer them. And we look forward to seeing you on the next show. Take care and thanks for watching. Thanks, thanks for, much, for listening. Thanks, JT. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. This is the Retirement Lifestyle Podcast with Chris and Susan Beasley.